A Good Omens Multi Voice Podvik, written by Apple Seeds and read by Sky Asimaru and Chap. Chapter 3 Magic After Hours Summary Crowley and Aziraphale get to know each other better after the tour. As soon as the lights went out, right on cue, the room filled with the sound of apprehensive murmuring for a moment before spooky music started to play, controlled by Eric from his position on the other side of the kitchen door. his hand on top of Aziraphale's, experiencing a thrill when Aziraphale turned his hand over, allowing Crowley to enclose it in his own to help him stand. With his arms around Aziraphale's shoulders, the sound of their movements disguised by the music, Crowley quietly guided Aziraphale to hide behind a partition beside the fireplace. Aziraphale looked up at him when the lights came back on, and Crowley gently pressed a finger to his lips to encourage him to keep silent. The volume of the music gradually decreased, the audience left alone for just long enough for them to wonder what was happening, but not long enough to tempt them into poking around anywhere they shouldn't. As soon as the music ended, the kitchen door banged against the wall as Eric slammed it open, eliciting a few startled yelps from members of the group. Accustomed to it by now, Crowley didn't even flinch, but Aziraphale's body jolted, and Crowley pressed his finger more firmly against his lips. Oh! It's happened again, hasn't it? Eric's voice echoed throughout the kitchen as he addressed the group. Another life lost to this terrible monster. You must all leave at once. Please leave this place and do not speak of it to anyone. Crowley listened to the retreating footsteps of Eric and the other members of the group as they left the kitchen and headed down the steps back into the castle's entryway. He removed his finger from Aziraphale's lips and grinned at him, waiting until he could be sure that everyone was far enough away not to hear them before he spoke. <laughs> that was brilliant! You were amazing! Thank you so much for being my victim. Aziraphale let out a shaky breath and touched his hand to his neck, rubbing the fake blood between his thumb and forefinger as he inspected it. <laughs> Let's get you cleaned up. Crowley stepped out from behind the partition and turned on the tap at the sink to dampen a cloth, taking the opportunity to remove his fangs and set them down on the side while he was at it. When he turned back around, Aziraphale had returned to the center of the room, holding onto the back of the chair he'd been sitting in for Crowley's finale. Here you go, Crowley said softly, wiping the fake blood from Aziraphale's hand, and then moving up to a snack. 
Aziraphale tensed and released a shuddering breath, and Crowley stilled his movements. This Akai? Yes, yes, of course. Aziraphale cleared his throat. He sounded a little breathless. Crowley drew the corner of his lip into his mouth and gently swept a damp cloth over Aziraphale's skin, relishing the way his breathing quickened and his eyes fluttered close in response. Thank you so much for coming back tonight. I don't like to leave things unfinished. Did you enjoy the ending? Oh, yes, very much. Yeah? Liked having me sink my teeth into you, did you? Aziraphale dipped his chin and brought his hand up to his neck again. Yes, it was exciting. Crowley experienced a rush of heat in his abdomen, thrilled to hear Aziraphale say that. His own heart was still racing, delighted to finally be spending some time alone with him. When Aziraphale moved his hand away from his neck, this time it came away clean, the remainder of the fake blood already dried on. Crowley continued to tenderly smooth the cloth over his skin anyway, enjoying Aziraphale's soft, approving size as he did so. Aziraphale even tilted his head, improving Crowley's success to his neck. Crowley was tempted to bite him again. Did I do all right? I wasn't exactly sure when to react, and I was wary of doing it too soon. You were absolutely perfect. My victims don't normally react to the bit with the glass. You really sold it. Oh, thank you. Crowley lowered the cloth away from Aziraphale's neck, blinking with surprise when Aziraphale responded by taking it from him. You've got some on you, too. He explained softly, tentatively raising the cloth, his hand hovering near Crowley's face. May I? Crowley nodded, his breath catching when Aziraphale began to repeatedly press the cloth to his jaw in short, slow strokes. Crowley inhaled deeply and leaned into his gentle touch. Thank you. I really am so glad you came back. So am I. That finale was quite something. Aziraphale rubbed the cloth a little harder against Crowley's cheek and furrowed his brow. Hmm. I'm sorry. I can't get all of it off. Yeah, it dries on really quickly. And there's still some on your neck, too. Come on, there's a sink in the corner. I'll try to get most of it off for you. Crowley rinsed out the cloth, soaking it more thoroughly this time, before wringing it out a little to stop it dripping. He returned his attention to tenderly cleaning the blood from Aziraphale's neck, and Aziraphale closed his eyes and hummed contentedly, intensifying the heat building in Crowley's abdomen. Aziraphale was clearly enjoying this, but aware that they wouldn't have much time alone together, Crowley wasn't quite as thorough as he would ideally have liked to be. 
Crowley passed the cloth back to him, his skin tingling in response, while Aziraphale once again began to wipe the blood away from his face and jaw. Hmm. There we are. I think that's all of it. Right. Thanks. Crowley dropped the bloodstained cloth into the sink, leaning close to Aziraphale, and ran his tongue slowly over his lips. The way Aziraphale had responded to Crowley's touch had helped to fuel his confidence, and he was sure now that Aziraphale had been flirting with him. He didn't want to miss his chance. So, what now? It appears you found yourself in a dark corner with a vampire on Halloween. Oh dear, how terrible! Aziraphale responded playfully. I was right, though. He is very attractive. Crowley's stomach swooped. <laughs> Thank you. Are you going to do what you said? Slam me against a wall and bite my neck? Aziraphale looked at him with wide eyes, more imploring than mock fearful, and Crowley's pulse quickened. Would you like me to? He asked, his voice emerging a little rough. Yes, I rather think I would. Crowley tangled his fingers into the lapels of Aziraphale's coat and applied pressure to his chest, encouraging him to step back against the wall. Aziraphale tilted his head again, bearing his neck to Crowley, his shoulders rising and falling rapidly, with each of his shallow breaths. Crowley licked his lips and crowded up against him, lowering his mouth to Aziraphale's neck and grazing his teeth gently along his soft, sensitive flesh before nipping teasingly at her skin, eliciting a gasp. Ah, uh, you're quite gentle for a vampire. Aziraphale sighed as Crowley's bites transformed into light suction. Maybe I'm just getting started. That's an intriguing thought. Although, what you're doing now feels amazing. Ugh. Crowley heard Aziraphale's breath catch as he darted his tongue out, cleaning up some of the fake blood that had run underneath Aziraphale's collar and escaped his efforts at cleaning him up with the cloth. Thankfully, the stuff was edible. Crowley liked bursting one of the capsules in his mouth to make the effect extra bloody, so he knew it actually tasted pretty good, if a bit too sweet. Crowley lapped up as much of it as he could, and Josiraphale gasped and reached out for him, tightly grabbing hold of his arm. <sighs> Crowley. It took a huge amount of self-control for Crowley not to press the full length of his body against Aziraphale as he once again sucked at his skin, focusing all of his attention on one spot now in deference to his role as vampire in this fantasy. The sounds emerging from Aziraphale were making Crowley dizzy and all he could think about was doing more to keep earning that response. He sucked a little harder, and Aziraphale moaned quietly, 
spreading his fingers through Crowley's hair and holding him in place against his neck. Ah, is that good? Perfect. It's so good. Please don't stop. Crowley sucked at his neck for a little longer and then pressed his tongue flat against the Xerophil's skin, dragging it up along his throat. Aziraphale's back slipped down the wall a little, but Crowley grabbed his waist to help hold him up. His heart started pounding even harder as he changed his approach, no longer biting, sucking or licking at Aziraphale's flesh, but brushing his lips lightly across it in a series of delicate kisses. Aziraphale's breath caught and he released his hold on Crowley's hair, his hands coming to rest on his waist instead, holding him close. The searing heat of his hands transferred through Crowley's clothes, and Crowley ached for Aziraphale to touch him more. When Crowley lifted his head to look at him, Aziraphale gazed back at him with an expression of awe, like he couldn't quite believe this was happening, and Crowley could certainly relate to that. Aziraphale looked gorgeous, cheeks flushed and rounded as he smiled. Dark hungry eyes strained on Crowley's lips, his shoulders rising and falling rapidly with each of his ragged breaths. <sighs> well... I can see why vampires have a reputation for being so enchanting. It's only for Halloween, I'm afraid. The magic wears off at midnight. Crowley joked, his gut clenching then as he braced himself to ask the question that was playing on his mind. Do you think you might still be interested then? Absolutely. Definitely. A rush of relief and exhilaration erupted in Crowley's abdomen, and he gave Aziraphale a beaming smile. Aziraphale reached out and grabbed hold of Crowley's cloak, pulling him closer, the tip of his nose brushing against Crowley's face. Aziraphale's nose was a little cold from his time spent in the old castle, contrasting with his warm breath against Crowley's skin as he brushed his lips softly against his cheek. The unexpected tenderness of it provoked a burst of warmth that spread throughout Crowley's chest. <laughs> Can I give you my number? Crowley asked hopefully, his heart fluttering when Aziraphale smiled and nodded, pulling his phone out of his pocket. It looked like something from the turn of the century, but Crowley was too excited to comment on it. He could hardly believe this was actually happening. Crowley carefully entered his number into Aziraphale's phone and handed it back to him. Hmm. If I had my way, I'd lift you up onto that table and show you how good a vampire I can actually be. But we have to get out of here pretty promptly after the event ends so the castle staff can lock up. Can I walk you to your car, though? Oh, I got the train, actually. Oh, then will you let me give you a lift home? 
Oh, no, I can't ask you to do that. It's too far. I live in London. What a coincidence. So do I. Which part? Soho. Uh, but really, you're extremely kind, but I wouldn't want you to go out of your way. Oh, please, Angel. I'd love to spend more time with you. And you really want to be getting on the train on Halloween, with all the drunk monsters and zombies running around. Or would you rather come for a ride in my beautiful car, and we can get to know each other a little better? The corners of Zerophil's eyes crinkled as that bone-meltingly enchanting smile returned to his face, making Crowley's breath catch near the top of his lungs. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Thank you. Terrific. I just need to pack up a few things in here and then we can go. It won't take long. Would you like me to sweep up the sugar glass? Aziraphale offered. What makes you think it's sugar glass? The light bulb was switched on. Yes, it was. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Crowley smirked. <laughs> You've used one before, haven't you? Once or twice. Aziraphale picked up one of the smaller pieces and placed it in his mouth, chewing carefully. Mm. <laughs> if that's your plan for cleaning it up, we might be here a while. Aziraphale swallowed the sugar glass and chuckled softly. Then perhaps you can provide me with an alternative. Crowley fetched the dustpan and brush from under the sink and passed it to Aziraphale. His intention was to get to work immediately, boxing up all of the decorations and props, since it was their last night in the castle, the last tour of the season. The implementation of that plan, however, was delayed, as soon as Aziraphale bent over to sweep up the sugar glass from the floor. Yuck. Crowley wondered whether Aziraphale was innocently oblivious, or whether he was actually hoping to have an effect on him as he bent over a little more and reached forward with a brush, the fabric of his trousers pulled taut over his perfect arse. Are you trying to distract me? Crowley teased. Aziraphale straightened up and looked at him quizzically. A good thing you didn't do that during the actual tour. I wouldn't have been able to speak. Crowley's gaze straked slowly down the length of Aziraphale's body. Aziraphale's eyes widened and his cheeks flushed as he suddenly seemed to realize what Crowley was referring to. Apparently, he was oblivious after all. Crowley hoped it wouldn't be too long before he'd have the opportunity to really show Aziraphale what effect he had on him. You're flirting with me. <laughs> yeah, that okay? Yes, of course. I like it. Good. So do I. Let's get this done and get out of here, yeah? All right. Aziraphale squatted down instead of bending over this time, and Crowley couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, but that's still really hot. 
Aziraphale's blush intensified and Crowley grinned. He couldn't even remember the last time he'd felt this excited interacting with someone. He hurriedly gathered up all the props and decorations, depositing them in a box he'd hidden behind the partition. Aziraphale approached him with the base of the light bulb, which he carefully placed into the box and held out the dustpan full of sugar glass. Is there somewhere I can throw this away? Nah, just shove it all in the box. I'll sort it when I get home. Crowley surveyed the room, checking for anything he'd left behind, then unfastened his cape, roughly folding it and adding it to the rest of his supplies. He scooped up the box and smiled at Aziraphale. You ready to go? Yes, thank you. They headed down into the entryway, where Eric and the others were waiting with the rest of the props and decorations. All done? Yep, that's everything. Do you want to take your pumpkin home? Eric asked him proudly. Nah, I'm fine, thanks. Crowley could see his young assistant looking at Aziraphale curiously and thought he'd better explain why one of the visitors was still here. Well, explain a bit. He certainly wasn't going to tell him everything. Uh, uh, this is Aziraphale. Uh, he was my victim tonight. It turns out we live not far from each other, so I'm going to give him a lift home, save him the horrors of the late train into London on Halloween. Oh, hi. Uh, would you like to take Crowley's pumpkin home? Aziraphale turned to Crowley, his eyebrows climbing up his forehead. You carved it? He asked. Crowley grimaced. Mm. Yeah, he did. I'll go get it. Eric announced, striding across the entryway in the direction of Crowley's hastily carved pumpkin. Oh, no, 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 no! My pumpkin is shit! Everyone involved in the performance had agreed to carve a pumpkin to help decorate the castle's entry chamber. Crawley hadn't exactly put much effort into his. He scrunched his face up as Eric scooped it up and carried it over to Aziraphale, who took it from him and held it like it was precious gazing down at its lopsided face fondly. Oh, it's lovely. I'd love to take it home. Thank you. Crawley shook his head and adjusted his grip on the box of props he was carrying. Mm, right then. Are we all ready to go? They all said their goodbyes at a drawbridge, and Crawley showed a zero fear to the Bentley, depositing the box on the back seat before pushing the chair back and holding the door open for Aziraphale to climb in. Oh, thank you. Aziraphale smiled gratefully and settled into a seat, the ridiculous pumpkin cradled in his lap. Crowley closed the door and sauntered around to the driver's side. As he switched on the ignition, Crowley decided... He'd better make some adjustments to his usual driving style. They'd only just met, and he didn't want to scare Aziraphale off. Besides, he wanted to prolong the time they had together. Crowley figured that if he vaguely adhered to the speed limits, 
It would take about 45 minutes to get to Soho. Plenty of time to start getting to know Aziraphale a little better. So, what do you do when you're not pretending to be a vampire? Aziraphale asked as Crowley pulled the Bentley out of the car park. Crowley grinned. <laughs> All sorts. Mostly events, but we do some serious acting, too. We did an outdoor performance of Hamlet in September. Oh, did you play Hamlet? I did. I'm sure you gave a wonderful performance. I can tell you're a very good actor. <laughs> really? From that? You played the part of secret vampire magician tour guide very well. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking. I'm not. I am very serious. Well, then, thank you. You're very sweet. Did you write the script for the event tonight? Yeah, not my most sophisticated bit of writing, but it seemed to go down well. I could tell everyone was having a wonderful time. Aziraphale said sweetly. He paused before adding, So... It was your idea to name a Victorian ghost Victoria. What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing at all. Very creative. Oh, cheeky bastard! <laughs> Crowley's voice emerged as more of a high-pitched squeak. He glanced to the side, grinning at Aziraphale, who gave him a bashful smile in return. Can I ask you something? Of course. Do you always dress like that, or was it just because you were coming to a Victorian castle? I always dress like this. Oh, I was really hoping you'd say that. Crowley drawled, glancing appreciatively at Aziraphale as he slowed the Bentley to stop at a red light. You look gorgeous. Pretty distracting, to be honest. Especially that bow tie. <laughs> Are your eyes always drawn to the neck, or only when you're playing a vampire? Aziraphale was teasing him, and Crowley's face was starting to hurt from smiling so much. The light changed, and he pulled away, but it was taking a lot of effort to keep his attention focused on the road. No, I don't think there's any part of you my eyes weren't drawn to. Aziraphale smiled and gazed down at his hands, which were clasped together on top of the pumpkin in his lap. I actually regretted wearing this tonight. What? Why? Well, something looser would have given you better access to my neck. <sighs> Crowley hissed and eased up on the accelerator a bit. Forget just adhering to the speed limits, it would be reckless not to drive slowly while his higher brain functions were being so thoroughly impaired. If we'd had more time, I could have laid you down on that table and taken your bow tie off, undone a few buttons, problem solved. Crowley heard the change in Aziraphale's breathing in response to that, and a thrilled shiver skittered up his spine. I would have liked that. Aziraphale's voice was quiet and a little croaky, and Crowley relished the effect he was having on him. 
He thought he might spontaneously combust long before they reached London, if they carried on this line of conversation for much longer, though, and he couldn't risk his beloved Bentley going up in flames. He cleared his throat and pressed his foot down more firmly on the accelerator before shifting up a gear. <clears throat> so, what do you do for a living? It's got to be something more sophisticated than running around a castle pretending to be a vampire. I run a bookshop. Oh, really? That suits you. I might let you off the hook for ignoring me to look at those books last night, then. What sort of books do you have? Antiques, primarily. I live above the shop, in fact, so you'll have the chance to see it tonight. Looking forward to it. He wasn't sure whether Aziraphale meant he'd get to see his bookshop from the outside or the inside, and tried not to get his hopes up too much, or allow his thoughts to be diverted in an incredibly distracting direction again. So, do you sell many books? Crowley valiantly attempted to get his mind back on track. Not if I can help it. Crowley barked out a laugh, <laughs> and glanced over at Aziraphale, who was looking back at him with abject sincerity. Oh, am I going to regret asking? Well, I have some very special books in my shop. I've become rather attached to many of them. That makes sense. When I do part with one of the most special, I always ensure it goes to the right home, where it will be truly valued, appreciated, and cared for. That's nice, that you're not just out to make as much money as you can without thinking beyond that, and there's far too much of that in the world. I find my happiness through simpler pursuits, although I am rather partial to a few luxuries, I'll admit. Like dinner at a fancy restaurant, with a nice bottle of wine? Exactly. Excellent. Do you have plans tomorrow night? Crowley asked, pretty proud of the seamless segue. Actually, I think I might have dinner plans with a very lovely man. Ah, oh, too bad. Lucky him, though. I was referring to you, my dear. Crowley might have laughed, assuming Aziraphale was joking, but being called my dear in Aziraphale's delectable voice was too much of a distraction. Then can I pick you up at seven? That sounds wonderful. Thank you. I know I said this earlier, but I really am so pleased you came back tonight. I felt horrible for being the reason you missed the end of the tour yesterday. And I really wanted to see you again. I was actually going to come back inside the castle and speak to you last night. But I saw you leaving. Ah, I'm sorry. They really are quite insistent about kicking us out. But you offered to show me the other rooms. You were worth risking getting into trouble. Thank you. Silence settled between them for a short while. But it didn't feel uncomfortable. Crowley allowed himself occasional glances to the side to look at Aziraphale, his heart leaping into his throat when he caught Aziraphale looking at him, too. Aziraphale smiled bashfully, then gazed down at the pumpkin, holding it a little closer against him. 
Crowley's heart swelled. And so you said you used to be a magician. You didn't seem too impressed with my tricks. Well, it's different when you know how it's done, isn't it? Everyone else was impressed. I could tell. I used to do quite a lot of magic, children's birthday parties mostly. It was a lot of fun. Maybe you could teach me a few things, if you like. Firstly, you need an extra photograph for your murder victim trick. Really? Why? So that you can show each person a pair of photographs at a time, having demonstrated that each pair comprises one murder and one victim. You can then prove that one of them selected all murderers and the other all victims. Crowley was intrigued. He had worried it was a little obvious how this particular trick was done, since he was only giving his volunteers the option to say yes to the ones he chose to show them. Huh. How does that work? I'll show you sometime. Sometime. Crowley's stomach fluttered. What else are you going to show me? Anything you'd like to see? Crowley's eyes widened, but he couldn't be entirely sure that Aziraphale had meant that the way he'd taken it. That didn't stop his cheeks from burning, as all sorts of tantalizing images filled his mind. The rest of the journey comprised bouts of pleasant conversation interspersed with brief, comfortable silences. Time felt like it was going much too quickly. As they approached Soho, Aziraphale gave Crowley directions to his bookshop. Ah, here it is, Aziraphale announced brightly when they arrived. Crowley pulled the car up outside and his heart started beating a little faster, wondering whether Xerophile might invite him inside. An uncomfortable ache was growing in the pit of his stomach already at the thought that he might not, that this might be it, that he might have to say goodnight and let Xerophile go. Still, they'd see each other again. Crowley was looking forward to it already. Crowley took a deep breath and turned to Aziraphale, who opened the car door and climbed out without saying a word, the pumpkin cradled against the side of his body. Oh, I guess that answers that. Aziraphale had said Crowley would see the bookshop. Apparently, he must have meant inside after all. Crowley eagerly leapt out of the car and locked it behind him. Aziraphale had already fitted his key into the lock on the front door of the shop and smiled at Crowley as he had the door open for him to pass. Aziraphale followed closely behind and switched on a lamp, setting the pumpkin down on a small table near the door. Wow, this place is amazing! Thank you. Crowley glanced around, taking in the shelves, tables, chairs, and even a bench, all crammed full and piled high with antique books and scrolls. Maybe it was just because it was Halloween, but the bookshop had a spooky sort of feeling to it that appealed immensely to Crowley, 
The cluttered space full of oddly shaped objects that cast intriguing shadows in the dim warm light from the lamp. It was also somehow strangely cozy. Crowley stepped a little further inside, peering around dark corners, wondering whether Aziraphale would object to him exploring a little. Can you stay for a while? I know it's late, but... Aziraphale sounded hesitant. Did he really think there was even the slightest possibility that Crowley would actually want to leave? Of course I can stay. I'd love to stay. Oh, thank you. I wasn't sure if you just wanted to quickly see the bookshop, or... Honestly, the bookshop is amazing, and I'd love to see more of it. But I was just hoping to spend more time with you. I'd like to spend more time with you, too. The air felt charged with static and potential, as Aziraphale guided Crowley around the bookshop, his face lighting up as he excitedly regaled Crowley with his stories behind some of the most treasured books in his collection and funny anecdotes involving his creative and effective methods of deterring customers. Crowley took every opportunity to lean in close as Aziraphale showed him something, and Aziraphale was evidently doing the same, their arms brushing up against each other as they slowly explored the bookshop, Aziraphale's body sliding against his as he squeezed past into a tight corner to retrieve something. He even insisted on showing Crowley a couple of things from the lowest shelves, and the way he bent over and wiggled a little bit right next to Crowley was definitely intentional. This place is incredible. Thank you for showing me around. It was my pleasure. I'm glad you liked it. So, what are you in the mood for now? Well... Did you have anything in particular in mind when you invited me to stay? Crowley asked, aiming for a flirtatious tone. Would you like to watch something spooky? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Big spooky fan, me. Which was already obvious, I suppose. It's not normally my preferred genre, but since it is Halloween, we could watch something else. Like I said, I'm just here for the company. We don't have to watch something spooky just because it's Halloween. Well, no. But I was hoping that perhaps if I was feeling a little scared, I might be able to hold on to you, and you could make me feel better. Aziraphale sat with mock shyness, clasping his hands together in front of him, and looking at Crowley through his eyelashes. Crowley experienced a powerful rush in his stomach. When you put it like that, lead the way. Crowley followed Aziraphale up a spiral staircase to the upper floor of the bookshop and into his flat. A short while later, he was sitting comfortably on Aziraphale's sofa, with a cup of hot cocoa in hand and a blanket over his lap. Aziraphale had been very insistent, claiming the flat got rather chilly in the evenings, 
and Crowley had admired the blush on his cheeks when, despite accepting the blanket and cocoa, he had professed that he suspected being close to a zero fear would be sufficient to keep him warm. Aziraphale took a sip from his own cocoa and then placed it down on a wooden coaster shaped like an owl on the coffee table in front of them. So, did you want to look for a film to watch right away? Or would you like to talk a bit more first? Actually, there was something else I was hoping you might show me. Oh? You said you had an idea for my murder victim trick. Aziraphale's eyes lit up, and she gave Crowley a beaming smile. Oh, yes, of course. I'll just find my cards. Aziraphale leapt up from the sofa and bustled out of the room, leaving Crowley smiling at his retreating form. There was just something about the man. He exuded such warmth and positivity, and Crowley could feel it seeping into him. Aziraphale returned shortly after with a pack of playing cards in his hand and rejoined Crowley on the sofa, sitting a little further away from him this time. Crowley pouted, but was forced to accept that Aziraphale was probably going to explain this by means of a demonstration, and there might be something he didn't want to risk him seeing. These playing cards are organized into an alternating sequence of red and black, so perhaps you can imagine the red cards are your victims and the black cards are your murderers. Makes sense, okay. You use twelve cards with each volunteer for your trick, don't you? Yeah, all right. Aziraphale counted off the top two dozen cards and separated them from the others, placing the stack of surplus cards on the coffee table. First, it's always best to prove to your audience that you're not deceiving them. Whilst deceiving them? Well, yes, exactly. So, let me show you the cards. Go ahead. Crowley encouraged, his lips stretching into a grin. He was intrigued to see what Aziraphale would do and whether he would be able to figure it out. Aziraphale's capability as a magician had been obvious from how he'd handled the cup and ball box in the castle bedroom, the way he'd picked it up and immediately rotated it before turning to face the others in the room. Crowley had always thought the murder victim trick was a bit obvious, and that most members of the audience were probably just being polite when they applauded. He looked forward to improving it, and what else Aziraphale might be able to teach him as they got to know each other better. Aziraphale separated off the first two cards and showed them to Crowley, demonstrating that one was indeed black and the other red. He did this until he'd shown all of them to Crowley. Twelve pairs in total. Now I'm going to show them to you again, face down, and you will be drawn to one of the cards in each pair in particular. Aziraphale stretched his arm out, placing his free hand on Crowley's chest and sweeping his thumb across the fabric of his shirt. Crowley's eyes widened and he raised his eyebrows. 
He wondered whether Aziraphale would be able to feel how fast his heart was beating beneath his palm. I'm establishing a psychic connection with you. Is that all right? <laughs> You'll get no arguments from me. They looked into each other's eyes, and Crowley noticed how much his cheeks were aching from smiling. Aziraphale started lightly scratching his fingernails over Crowley's chest. Do you feel the connection now? Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think you need to do that a bit more. <laughs> Aziraphale chuckled softly and worked his fingers a little higher, lightly caressing Crowley's neck. Crowley shivered, his skin tingling. Mm, talk about distraction techniques. Do you feel it now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm feeling all sorts of things, but yeah, I definitely do. Here we go, then. I want you to choose whichever card you think is red. Aziraphale held out the first two cards, face down, and Crowley pointed to one. Aziraphale set it down on the coffee table and moved the spare to the bottom of the small packet of cards he was holding. Aziraphale played the role of the second helper from the audience, not looking at the cards as he made his selection. Each time Aziraphale asked him, Crowley generally chose the card he was most drawn to, just like a member of his audience would, and Aziraphale set it down onto the pile. Would you like to pick up the cards on the table? It's better if I don't touch them. Yeah, of course. Crowley scooped up the cards he had selected, turning them over and grinning, all of them inevitably red. Aziraphale picked up the cards he had chosen and turned them around in his hand, skillfully fanning them out and revealing them all to be black. Ha! <laughs> That's brilliant! You're amazing! Thank you. Go on then, show me how you did it. It's very simple. I told you I had taken 24 cards from the deck, but it was actually 25. When I showed you each pair to prove they comprised one red card and one black card, and then moved them to the bottom of the deck, it brought that additional card to the top, meaning every pair you had to choose from consisted of two red cards, and each of mine, two black. Aziraphale performed the trick again with the cards face up. It was brilliant. Simple and foolproof, but very effective. Crowley couldn't wait to try it out. If he'd been paying close attention, he'd have noticed that one of the cards Aziraphale had shown at the beginning wasn't included at the end, but not only was he confident that his audience never paid that much attention, it would be even less conspicuous with the faded saviour photos of murderers and victims. You're right, that's loads better. Thanks for showing me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I love doing magic. You said you don't perform anymore? No, but I enjoyed it while I did. Thank you for letting me do the trick with the box tonight. 
and thank you for your help. If there's anything else you'd like to teach me, I'd be a very eager student, you know. It would be my pleasure. Aziraphir sat with a smile, although his expression suddenly became more sombre. Cruelly, I really hope you didn't feel as though I was criticising your performance at all last night. You really were very good. I was just rather flustered, I'm afraid. I didn't know what to say. No, I didn't feel like that at all. I think I should get to choose my cards. Crowley attempted a polite imitation of Aziraphale, who brought his hand up to cover his face. You were so cheeky. I absolutely loved it. Crowley rested his hand over Aziraphale's and gently encouraged him to move it away from his face, revealing the blush colouring his cheeks. You excite me, Aziraphale. Aziraphale licked his lips and took Crowley's hand in his, drawing circles over his palm with his thumb. You excite me too. Crowley squeezed Aziraphale's hand, his heart racing with anticipation of what might happen tonight. Do you still want to watch something spooky? Aziraphale asked quietly, gazing down at their joined hands. Yeah. That sounds good, Crowley replied, eagerly anticipating having Aziraphale cuddling up to him during the scary parts. This was definitely going to be fun. <laughs>